0: Welcome to Conversations With. My name is Shaylee Hugendorn and I live with Bipolar two Disorder. Sharing with others is healing both individually and collectively. Sharing our stories will educate others, bring more understanding, shed more light and smash more stigma. Our voices need to be heard. Our stories aren't over yet. This is bipolar. Everyone. Welcome back to This Is Bipolar. I am beyond excited today because I have a guest that I've been trying to get on for a while. But before that, if this is your first time tuning in, my name is Shaylee Hugendorn. I am a mama. I am a event planner, a teacher, a podcaster, a creator, and a fierce mental illness advocate. And I live with bipolar 2 disorder. And today I have my friend Michelle, who I've been connecting with online and watching from afar. And um, I would just love, 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 love. Welcome Michelle for her to tell us all things we need to know who is Michelle.
1: Oh my God. I feel like I could so relate to you when you said all the things that you do. I'm like, she's a multi-passionate like <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. So my name is Michelle I Gomez. i also live with bipolar disorder too. Um, I am a multi-passionate neurodivergent artpreneur and coach. So I coach women like me that are also neurodivergent and multi-passionate so that they could get paid to do what they love without having what I call a menti b, a a mental breakdown.
0: (laughs) I know these Um, things called menti bees
1: men TVs right I mean I had so many of those um I'm also an artist I am also an art teacher I am also a podcaster what else do I do uh I'm also an event planner I started uh my entrepreneurial uh journey starting uh and the first arts event planning company dedicated to curating art exhibitions for weddings
0: cool
1: yeah that was back in 2017 that's when I started the whole like artist to artpreneur journey as I call it yeah Um, so I would like to start there because
0: (laughs) yeah tell me about that and then I'd love to go back in and hear all about your diagnosis and how you got here so do you want to work that way start now and work back
1: yeah 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 let's start now so um I recently just started niching down on my audience, uh, Mm. as a coach to focus on neurodivergent women artists, because before I was a coach to all kinds of women artists, but looking back at the 300 plus clients I've coached in the past, like three years, I'm like, they're all, they all are on the neurodivergent spectrum, you know, um, yeah.
0: So you found your people. You found your people that you can help the most. I love that.
1: Yes, yes. I feel like I'm I'm more comfortable coaching that audience. I can unmask, yes. you know, while I'm on calls with them. I can be myself and they understand me and I understand them. And, and that's why I'm here. Um, But uh, actually, I think it's better if I start from the beginning, because it's hard for me love to it. go from yeah. now Back- backwards and
0: also so- i feel like when i said that i'm like i just asked uh, michelle to do something that as a person that lives with bipolar disorder is impossible to do which is sequence so- yes <laughs> We, That's why I was like, let me I just gave the illusion that we're going to do things in order of some kind of order. And that was false. So here we go. But yeah, I'd love to hear. How did it? How did it start? How did you know there was something? I'd love to hear your diagnosis story.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm. So for years, I didn't know that I had bipolar and get this. This is why it's because as entrepreneurs, mm. we normalize. Mental illness without realizing that it's mental illness, like the things that we do as entrepreneurs. Like, for example, like being hypomanic, right, is like extremely popular in the entrepreneurial community. Like, just you know, hyper focus, like keep going, keep working, work your ass off all night, all night, Mm -hmm. and like sell, 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 kind of like Wolf of Wall Street, like, yeah, not that drugged up, but. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you for sure. Like, like just being super, super motivational and like super obsessive about business. And that was me for years. Um, And I didn't know I had bipolar until years later when I got the diagnosis in October, 2020. Mm. Um, So in 2017, I started, so my entrepreneur journey started like this. I went from artist to entrepreneur in February of 2017. I built my first arts business called Creative Unions Event Design, the event planning company I told you about. And I didn't know this was bipolar at the time. I just thought it was just, oh, I'm just an artsy person with lots of ideas. So before I started the business, I was working at a cafe and, you know, I was a struggling broke artist, the typical starving artist mentality. Like I was six figures in debt with two art degrees under my belt Um, and I couldn't get jobs because of discrimination, like back then, like now the art world is like more open about diversity and inclusion. But before like being a Latina, like the only Latina graduating from like a curatorial practice program, it was really hard. It was really hard to get work. And anyways, um, I was even told at one interview, like you're too confident. What? Mm-hmm.
0: and you know what I'm sorry I'm gonna go all feminist uh well I'm not sorry actually but no one would say that to a dude
1: no no the dude the white dude got that job and the he white had no dude experience. Got the job Anyway, so uh, one day I was at this cafe I was living mm-hmm. with my mother who I didn't realize was so dysfunctional and like abusive so I was just like in I was rock bottom right and I was like you know, asking myself, how can I get paid to do what I love? And this voice came to me on the beach when I had less than $10 in my bank account saying, why not see weddings as art exhibitions? So when I got that idea, I just started scribbling in all my notebooks and journals. And I was working at this cafe, like writing my ideas for my business on napkins. And there was (laughs) no one like ordering coffee. And then Beyonce and Jay-Z came out with this music video of them, like, it almost looked like a wedding at the Louvre Museum. Yes. And I was just, like, hypomanic. And I didn't know I was hypomanic. Yeah. I was like, hypomanic AF. Like, yeah. I yeah. went nuts, Shayla That was a
0: sign. That was a sign completely to you from whatever you believe in, God, universe. I know these signs. Like, I felt like songs had been written, like, for me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah. So I watched the video, and I just, like legit went crazy. I started pacing around in circles saying like, I should have been Beyonce and Jay-Z's wedding planner. You know, that grandiosity that you experience when you're hypomanic and when you're ultra inspired, super creative, and you feel like you're on top of the world and you feel like you're the best, that mentality has gotten me very far in my business because I, I, I made almost $600,000, you know, ever since I started, doing business like that grandiosity helped but it has its dark side right so I was pacing around and pacing 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 and almost hyperventilating yeah I just thought that this is just me I'm just an artist this is who I am I'm passionate right I didn't see it as a problem because I wasn't doing any harm to anyone yeah but it's not a sustainable kind of fuel for your business no right yeah So I spent sleepless nights building the business. I got my first $10,000 wedding client. And then a bunch of artists asked me, how did you do it? And then I, this, the voice came back, that voice, that business savvy voice said, why not be a coach? So I, I hired my first coach in 20, uh, 2018. And, um, I went crazy, like building the coaching business, like in my first month, and this is unheard of for coaches in my first month, I made $13,000 wow. like cashed, um, because I followed my coach's advice, but so much to the point that like, I lost myself in the business and everything was about the business. Nothing else mattered. Mm. Nothing mattered. My mental health didn't matter. My sleep habits didn't matter. All I wanted was money. To get out of my abusive mother's home and to wow. be successful and to help other women artists become artpreneurs, so I had seventeen clients in my first month. It was chaotic, um, and it just kept growing and growing and growing to a multi-six figure business, and and then um, I worked with uh, I had a colleague who was a, a therapist who was actually toxic. Right.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I had a lot of toxic relationships behind the scenes in my business because I was, you know, like I tell my clients, what is familiar is familial, Mm. right? So what felt familiar to me mirrored my dysfunctional family dynamics.
0: So you're drawn towards it. It's like normal. Uh, I think of that as like, um, comfortable, like you're comfortable in discomfort
1: right exactly yeah because your nervous system would rather keep the same energetic patterns consistently rather than changing them to be more peaceful so I had like a bunch of toxic relationships even though I was coaching others on their toxic relationships right
0: yeah Yeah. it makes
1: sense (laughs) it really does yeah it makes sense we have to practice what we preach so I had this toxic colleague who worked for me she was a therapist. And even though she was toxic, she did like point out, like I might have a problem. Mm. And, um, she, she suggested I seek out a psychiatrist and I was in the middle of my most, uh, intense group coaching program. It was at the peak of my business when I was making like $30,000 $30,000 cash months, which I've never seen that kind of money before, because I didn't grow up with money. I grew up with a single mom, right? In a Latin household in Miami. And um, uh, in the middle of that program, which was really high touch in the coaching industry is called high touch, meaning like your clients pay a lot of money to get a lot of access to you.
0: Oh,
1: right. Okay. And yeah, and I was basically a master coach, coaching artists, coaches and training them right? In this program called the artist coach school. So in the middle of that program, I met with a psychiatrist and looking back, I, I don't wish any entrepreneur would do what I did. Like, I don't want entrepreneurs to get a diagnosis like that, like in the middle yeah. of like a really important business yeah. program, because it, it changes your whole world. Yeah, It shakes up your whole world. So I, I saw the psychiatrist, she, it's crazy how like within an hour they can figure out what's wrong with you by asking you a bunch of questions. So she asked me about my history. She asked me about like my history of trauma. And she said, yep, you're pretty traumatized. Um, yeah, you show the symptoms you have bipolar disorder too. And I was like, what me bipolar? Like,
0: and it wasn't even on your radar at all.
1: No, not, not out. I would never have guessed it. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Because I was a the crazy artists yeah
0: like who's passionate that's so interesting you just made me think of I had a conversation last night I'm doing this series um called um suicide survivor stories and um sarah who's an artist she's a singer songwriter a musician she does like nail art she has like nails. anyways nail art. Art. Really? yeah it was really cool and um sorry then, about she- my
1: dog we're in a hotel she's just
0: oh don't even worry yeah. mine's in the background i didn't even hear actually oh okay. um, uh so she was talking about that like when she was having suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideation or the, or um you know reaching out or or all of that, that it's very much, um, yeah, it's like, oh, the artist, right? It's like, well, yes, and also, why are we not helping? Like, we'll allow that, like, someone she was saying that she knew had put out a song about, um, you know, an attempt or this or that, and yes, the music's beautiful and we consume it, but why are we not checking in? Like, are we not, like, it's just almost like, yeah, it's almost like, artists have to struggle to to be able to make art and i don't think that's necessarily entirely true anyways i went off on a tangent but it was like no, yeah she that last night
1: yeah it's totally relevant shaley and um you so know less I-
0: likely to get help right that's what scares me less likely because you're like oh it's supposed to be this way
1: exactly exactly and I dealt with suicidal ideation but I just thought that I was just a very passionate person who felt a lot of things
0: same same I thought and I thought like wanting I didn't think that it was considered suicidal ideation because I didn't want to like die but I'm like I just want to go to sleep like until things get better or if they don't forever do you know what I mean like I didn't think so so yeah I, I I love this conversation about the not yeah you had no idea because you thought of this as a part of your identity as an artist did you before you keep going did you ever have um before your diagnosis depressive episodes
1: I can't remember Mm -hmm. and I think that's another thing that we us with bipolar deal with is like brain fog like I can't remember a lot of things Mm -hmm. actually I can't remember a lot from my childhood either. Because I think I've dealt with so much trauma in my life that I just like push it under a rug and I just get so focused on the future. Yeah. The future from my, I remember in childhood, my future was my fantasy, is my escapism. Yeah. You know, like dreaming about being a powerful boss bitch woman with like a Suit and and coffee in your hand, and you're on the phone, and you're like, you know, yeah, (laughs) yeah. you're like, Like, I'm gonna
0: be that,
1: I'm gonna be that. Like, I wanted to be a curator like Charlotte from Sex in the City,
0: nice, yeah,
1: yeah. And then I got, I went to grad school for that, but um, yeah, I think I had depressive episodes, but the. I guess I was just so focused on working that I just worked through it yeah it wasn't the kind of depressive episodes that you know where you're in like actually you know what yes now I'm remembering yes so after I graduated from art school so did you know that they say that bipolar symptoms start to come up in your 20s like for many people yeah they say the age 25 is when a lot of yeah. symptoms come up. So yes, after I graduated from school, I went into depression immediately right after the graduation the and I, I would be in beds in bed all the time.
0: Yeah. And you brought up a really good important point because I think that I, I hate, I always say I hate the word high functioning because I just think it's like hierarchical and stupid, but it's the only word that's accessible right now to me to explain this. But um I think because you're right. Depression doesn't always mean in bed, unable to do things. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I right.
0: always got up and I went to my university classes and I went, but the moment I got home, I was like, I did the bare minimum that I had to do um, because, and it didn't, doesn't mean like, oh, because she's better at doing depression. It just, it's the different, you know what I mean? Like the different levels or, or what you're like as a person, I'm an over-functioner during in traumatic times and in hard times. And so, um, yeah, my doctor flat out said, and your listeners are probably, so t- if you've been here forever, you probably hear this like every episode, but it, as you can see, I have not got over it, but my doctor like seven years earlier when I brought the bipolar diagnosed it like brought it to him been like trying to be not a google doctor but also like hey i really identify with all of this and he was like yeah you wouldn't have a degree or kids or a husband that's what he said to me whoa and i didn't get diagnosed till seven years later seven years of my life i could have missed seven depressions so yeah yeah wow yeah so it, it so that is important that you say that because also everyone's like whoa well think it's better that when you can mask better but actually uh, you get diagnosed later or you suffer longer or you suffer you know and it's they're not comparable it's all suffering but i just if people are listening that don't live with a mood disorder just know that depression doesn't always look like you think it is and you know what i learned and this happens with me too is that um depression sometimes looks like anger
1: Ooh, ooh, shaley so that just reminded me, wow, you just unpacked something. <laughs> no, I love it. I love this shit. I love going deep. Me too. Um, no, you just made me realize, it just hit me right now that like depression looks like anger and I was very angry after school and that anger was very productive because I became an arts activist
0: mm-hmm. and I was
1: very like angry about diversity inclusion issues, racism, yes. discrimination. And I remember trauma bonding with other activists in the arts community and just always complaining and sitting in grief and depression and despair and using anger as a fuel to get shit done. And I would do like tons of passion projects yeah, which don't bring a return financially. Yeah. You just, you just do them as an artist and you just beg for money through crowdfunding campaigns or grants. I was a broke, struggling artist, like being an activist before I became an entrepreneur. When I, when I started Creative Unions Event Design in 2017, I became a business owner because I had no choice because I was tired of being sick and tired and being broke and doing passion projects and being angry all the time about arts activism it's like I needed joy in my life I needed to yeah. do something I loved I mean and weddings were fun yeah they are and they made me good money you know yeah. so um but yeah anger like no wonder because anger Is a form of depression, but it functions differently in your body, like you do things with it. Like, I wasn't like, Yeah, I was in bed a lot, but not like for weeks. You know, I would like do stuff, I was, yeah, yeah, high functioning, as you say. I know it's it's a terrible phrase, but that's all we have in our vocabulary bank right now. But yeah, um, that's like, thank you, Shaylee. Oh, you're
0: welcome.
1: You're not only a mental illness advocate, you also help peel onion layers through these conversations. And these conversations are a form of activism. Like we're teaching people through these raw conversations about our lived experiences. You know, we're using our lived experiences to teach and educate and raise awareness so that others can be like, hmm, did I go through that? Hmm, That's an interesting nugget.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a hard one for, um, it was a hard one for me to start talking about just because also like, you know, I was a part of, I mean, I still go, but I'm not, I was a part of like the really, really fundamentalist evangelical church for a long time. Now mm-hmm. it's mine. I'm a woman of faith and it's very open. It's not the tight space I used to be in, but it's like, you're not as a woman, like anger, like to be angry. And like, I, I just, and same with you like i and i still i have like this fierce um like a sense of justice and get involved like i had protests and do you know what i mean doing all the all the things that i can uh, you know as an ally because i'm white cisgender women right um to come alongside other things and then I, and i was just like i was speaking for, like, uh, you know, I pictured myself speaking about human trafficking or doing these things because I love being on stage um, and all these things. And then it was like, actually, here's your lane. You're going to talk about this. And I was like, well, no, that's not really glamorous. Like, I don't really want to talk about mental illness. I don't really, you know, I wanted something more. Not that those hard issues are glamorous, but people would be like, oh, that's so cool that you talk about that. And At that time, and still now, it's like, oh, you're talking about, like, scary kind of serious mental illness kind of things. So I don't know where I started with that. Oh, yeah, the anger. So it wasn't really, I didn't really talk about it a lot. Um, And then it would mostly, like, be in my home with my husband. I was able Mm. to, like, not with, you know, hold it together with my kids. Um, Like, I'm a teacher, elementary school teacher. I do that but you know my husband or like my mom would see the the brunt of my fierce words right and so to talk about that and to talk about how uh you know and find out that it is a bipolar symptom and that there are heaps and heaps of people that feel the same way where it's like you know they say walk away or take you know breaths and all those things I do all those things but I can't describe how this rage can come over and then yes. when it's gone you look around and you're like what was I so upset about, and who do I have to apologize to? And it's very scary. Do you experience those anger, those like the rage that comes over?
1: Yes, and unfortunately, my partner, my boyfriend, has seen that. It's those who love us the most and are closest to us that see the other side of the coin. So hard, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was so bad that he almost thought about leaving me, yeah. but you know, right now we're in Sarasota and I'm in a hotel. He's working his, he's a photographer. Mm. So we're here in Sarasota. We're, we're based in Miami, but we're in Sarasota for his work, you know, and I, whenever we're on vacation or we have like a romantic moment with quality time, I always tell him, you know, thank you for sticking it out and being patient and not taking it so personally when I, lashed out or when I had my symptoms um, because we're still here. We're still together. And there's so much to be experienced as a couple. Now, now that we're over that hump, he's very grateful that I'm stable now. And I'm very grateful. Like I have a great psychiatrist. We finally, since 2020, yeah. finally figured out the medication concoction that is, Oh, that's hard. not making me so, so sleepy because, um, you know, so <laughs> let me go back to yeah, 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 let's have a diagnosis. Yeah, and I'll explain the adventures of the medication. But yeah, when I, I got the it. diagnosis. There's this deep shame and deep depression because out of all the mental illnesses I could have had, it's like bipolar, like that one, like yeah. that one's crazy. Like, that's the one yeah. that you see on, on in movies that
0: people yeah. are like.
1: You know, like, yep. really scary.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's considered one of the, even though I think they're all serious, they're like more severe. That's what it's called mm-hmm. the, with schizophrenia and uh, borderline. I think I, I'm not positive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I would agree. And so um, when I first went on the medication, what we don't talk about is how when you first get on a medication regimen, you are more likely to experience suicidal thoughts. Mm. Um, because your brain is adjusting to the new chemistry.
0: Yes, you are so right.
1: Yeah, so I went on the medication and then at first it was like, wow, I can't hear voices in my head. And, And I was like, wait, is this how normal people navigate the world? Yeah. Like the people, neurotypical people have quiet minds. Excuse me? I And so I, one night I closed my laptop because I usually don't have good boundaries with my business. Like I, just, I can keep going, keep going. I closed my laptop and I just like looked around my apartment and I was like, wow, the colors of the walls, the furniture. Wow. I was like very mindful and yeah. I didn't hear any voices. And so that was good. But you then were like
0: I- present in the present moment. I rarely, it's hard for me to be in the present moment. Okay. I need to, I need to just, whoa, you just dropped an amazing bomb of goodness. The whole, that's one of the reasons why people stop or don't continue on the meds. That is because it makes you feel worse at first, right? Yes. Don't keep going. And, And that's so true because it does, it does make you feel worse, but I never thought of this idea that you, you know, might feel suicidal or have suicidal thoughts. And it's true because you've got one, this whole grappling with that you have this diagnosis and this scary B word or whatever your diagnosis is, and your brain is trying to, you know, chemically change with this medication. Wow. Yeah, so powerful for our listeners to hear. So hold on, you know, give hold some on. medication a chance. It might not be the perfect one. But I know, there are people in in um, undiagnosed folks in my family that yeah it gets to crisis gets help gets meds doesn't like how it feels goes off meds doesn't go through right yeah, through. And yeah. Then they,
1: and then, you know they go back to their symptoms with yeah yeah a yeah. new diagnosis and then like because a new diagnosis like puts a
0: takes a toll on your mental health yeah. that is a trauma that's what it's my a therapist trauma was yes it, it that is a trauma and I was like whoa. <laughs> I was coaching my
1: clients in my membership. So I have a membership for neurodivergent, multi-passionate women artists. And we focus on the, on our mental health through mental health workshops every month. And we do body doubling every month. And we have monthly group calls. And I was telling one of them, I was like, you've gone through like the medical system so many times for so many different reasons. And that's a trauma within itself is like you getting diagnoses, your your kids getting diagnosed, you know, like- so when I told her, like, acknowledge that it's a micro trauma, yeah, she's so relieved. She's like, thank you, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I was traumatized with the diagnosis in the middle of my most expensive, oh, like yeah. high touch coaching program where, and um, my client, some of my clients like didn't understand like why I had to take time off from the program to, because my psychiatrist was like, you need a break a week long break an emergency break because you're suicidal right now so she told me to take a week off yeah. and take a break and um then uh the medication started working again but it would go through ups and downs and then my business went downhill shaylee after i was at the peak
0: I know, of like 31 so
1: so unfair. I was like, I became a master coach. I hate the word master, but I became a master coach and then boom, this diagnosis. So I went downhill and then I pivoted and I created a new brand and a new program called mental, the mental wealth network, Wow! which is my membership focused on mental health for women artists. And um, then I, I went through this deep depression after the diagnosis that I, I was so ashamed of all the coaching programs. I built while being undiagnosed bipolar, I wanted to burn them all to the ground.
0: Mm, I stopped
1: doing it Um, because I was like, well, if the bipolar me created that program, then it's not legit. Even though all my clients were very happy and I like impacted over 300 lives and changed their lives and businesses. Like they loved it. And they were there. My community was confused there because I was showing up online less Then one day I just like took a break because I fell into this, another toxic relationship with a toxic narcissist, sociopath, business coach. Oh no. Who took advantage of me and made me like, encouraged me to get off my meds. So I got off my meds, went into another hypomanic episode, uh, worked for him on his business ideas for free, like what nuts he He like dated my best friend and like abused Uh both of us. And I no longer talked to her, which is sad because I lost a best friend. Um, So that was just like that then led to this domino effect of like me, like going nuts, like over Christmas. Cause Christmas brings up the holidays in general, brings up a lot of triggers for many people. So I was hypomanic off my meds in this abusive relationship, trying to get out from this coaching relationship and then my boyfriend's mother came into town and then I lashed out on her because I was off my meds and that was the first time I met her and it was so embarrassing yes so embarrassing because now it's like oh wow my son's girlfriend is bipolar and she's acting like a fucking bitch
0: like and then it it plays into what people's stereotypes might not even know that they have within them because of what they've seen oh my
1: yeah goodness. yeah especially oh my from goodness. latin american families like they're they're from venezuela okay. so like they like bipolar is like new to my boyfriend still he reads right. about it like he has no idea so um so i went downhill i stopped my business for a year and a half shaley
0: yeah I and i didn't say that yeah. yeah i'm interested just one thing before you i want to hear about the rest but I you bring up a, something that's really interesting to me about your terrible horrible coach um a lot of people that don't like people don't understand that bipolar folks can be taken advantage of really easily because people want don't realize it but they want you when you're hypomanic because oh, you yeah. get shit done and you do uh, you know a lot and you have a lot of ideas and people are you're like a magnet people gravitate towards you because you don't have you know, inhibitions about your ideas, right? Whereas normally sometimes we get a little, you know, we're get a little nervous about our ideas. And so I just think that's really important. I bet you there's someone out there thinking, you know, having people that encourage them to be off their meds because they're actually making profiting from them.
1: Good. I didn't think about that. That's something else for me to, that's a second mind blown
0: (laughs) effect. Chili blows minds but it just i think about it too like even like um so i have a fa- sick family member and so i'm staying in my childhood room um when i go back to the um my hometown to see um the person that's in the hospital and so lots of memories and things have been coming back to me and i had this one where i realized that every single relationship i had um started when i was more hypomanic and then they always broke up with me when i was depressed oh my god because i wasn't that the and it's not what people don't understand is yeah well it it doesn't last and there's another side that people don't see anyways i want to hear but i was just like you know what people some people that are unkind can totally take advantage there's also um i forget who i was talking about said that uh, folks with bipolar are also more susceptible to cults just because when we're in we're all in and I was like totally Stoke. do you know how many MLMs or M whatever those things are MLMs yeah, yeah. that because I got it I would get excited about a candle next thing you know they're like yeah she's excited she's fun she can sell anything because I, when I get excited about something I tell the world and so yeah I was and that saying, makes you good at hey, business
1: like I feel like yeah. being bipolar makes you such a good salesperson.
0: Totally. Totally. Because you
1: can persuade anyone with your hypomanic high.
0: Yeah. And because I you believe high. in it so deeply, right. When I do and um, it's managed now because of my medication and whatever. So now I can pick and choose or whatever, but my, I wonder, and this is a question for you. I wonder if there's a lot of us that are completely held back because we end up doing that for others because it's hard to do it for ourselves. I'm finding even for me, like the podcast does really well. And the Instagram does really well. And I just am so terrified to like actually monetize it or do do you know what I mean? And so I just keep going and giving, like, I can build other accounts or I've helped other people, like you said, all for, all for freezies. And I talk and speak for free because I can, it's, I can promote anyone but it's very hard for me to to do it for myself right now
1: well that's why you know I would encourage you to go from artist to entrepreneur. and what it takes to go from artist to entrepreneur is to realize that your skills even when you have a mental illness are still valuable
0: mm.
1: and because you have a mental illness you're more you deserve even more money than a neurotypical person Because we need more money for those depressive moments when we can't function. We need money sitting there taking care of us as a safety net when we can't function.
0: Yeah, So medication and therapy and...
1: Coaching and all of that therapy. It's so... Healing trauma is so expensive.
0: Yes. And that's why there are so many traumatized folks out there.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Like my coach took advantage of my hypomania and my naivete and my deep desire for deep connection and deep mutual understanding from a coach like he pulled me in and lured me in because he's like I get it like he was he was also hypomanic I think he was also bipolar too but um he was like yeah like he was on top of the world and grandiose and I was like shit I'm grandiose too if I'm with him like we yeah. could be grandios together. We're going to
0: take over the world. Literally. He
1: had us thinking we're going to take over the world. He was also cultish. Like he was trying mm. to start like a, a legit cult, but he said it wasn't a cult and people who say, Oh, I'm going to start this group, but it's believe me, it's not a cult. It's a, it's a cult. <laughs> it's a cult. It's a cult. Yeah. So yeah, so that went downhill. And then I, Almost broke up with my my boyfriend. Almost broke up with me because obviously, like I was arguing with his mother over the holidays, and then he got COVID, and then she had to fly back to Venezuela, even though she hadn't seen and seen him in years. She had to fly back not only because he had COVID, but because I was going crazy. So we almost broke up, but we stayed together. We went through therapy and then I took a year and a half long break from, and my community had no idea why I just ghosted them on the internet. And I was getting messages from my community. I love you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> asking me how I was doing, but I wouldn't respond. So then I, um, you know, changed my meds, you know, got back, like, and now I'm stable.
0: Yeah. What did that year look like? Like, was it? just taking care of yourself? What did it, you know, just going and then trying the different meds or tell me about that. Tell me about that year, if you're willing.
1: Well, I went through a deep depression because this is, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the nervous system and money mindset. So I had just gotten during that crazy holiday episode, I had just gotten my first one-on-one client that paid the most money ever to me. It was a $30,000 contract in full. Wow. and I never had seen that kind of, even though I got like thirty thousand dollars cash months before, I've never seen that kind of money come into my bank account at once. And, um, I fell into this deep depression because of the shame from the holidays and the hypomania and the episode, but also because my nervous system couldn't tolerate that kind of success because of what's called our window of tolerance, mm-hmm. right? So our window of tolerance can only tolerate what we've been comfortable with our whole lives based off our socioeconomic status, our race, our ethnicity, our gender, our assigned gender at birth, you know? And um, yeah, I just like, once I got that $30,000 client, I was like, my subconscious limiting beliefs was like, you can't keep up this business. You can't keep selling those. You might as well just shut down. So I just closed my doors after I coached her. And um I was depressed uh working a lot with my medications and my psychiatrist. I got a job, a JOB as I tell my audience JOB because neuroDivergent artists don't like jobs we don't yeah. we don't like. Jobs. we don't like being told what to do. we don't yeah. like
0: or we get jobs where we're in charge. So that's why I am t- I like teaching <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So get this I got
1: a j-o-b oh my god this is the first time i'm telling the public no one in my community knows this but oh my gosh i'm excited i got a j-o-b yeah working retail at yeah. anthropology <gasps> did you get a discount
0: yeah oh my gosh i'm so- sorry i got really excited <laughs> i may have a shopping problem i'm just saying it may be my coping mechanism not healthy i'm just saying
1: when i'm hypomanic and i have money anthropology is like oh oh my god it's heaven oh it's anthropology is the best
0: yeah yeah so i was there and i was
1: miserable for like six months i didn't tell anyone because I feel
0: embarrassed is that why you didn't tell someone because you were like yeah well i was
1: the coach that just sold a thirty thousand dollar package what the fuck am i doing working at anthropology yeah because yeah. I wanted to burn all my coaching programs to the ground. Remember I yeah. told you that? So, yeah.
0: And you probably, I'm curious if you thought or your body knew or or something that doing that where you could just show up, do something, go and that you're not entirely, it's almost like you didn't have the brain energy or whatever to that you're not in charge of this being successful. You just go and do something so that you can give all your energy to healing what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah,
1: But my boyfriend was very proud of me because I was in my most depressive moments then because I was so ashamed and so traumatized and so sad. And and he said, you know, you got that job because you needed to experience what it's like to be humble because Mm -hmm. I was that rich entrepreneur. Like
0: Right. I don't know what
1: it means to be rich. I don't know how much money you need to, to have to be rich. But a lot of people told me I was rich when I was a coach back then. Wow. Wow. And so I came down to earth in that job and wow. I was told what to do. I got in trouble because I'm neurodivergent. I can't follow instructions clearly. I don't like, I don't, I feel like us neurodivergent people, we don't like authority.
0: Yeah. Or like, okay, don't tell me what to do and exactly how to do it because I'll probably find I could do it but I'll probably find a different way
1: yes exactly because <laughs> we're creative you know so then uh after that job uh I then got another job as an art teacher hmm. and I started working full-time there but then like I got little or there.
0: big kids or littles or all of
1: them all, all ages of them.
0: eight um, through eight
1: yeah. Second grade through eighth grade. I loved it. But again, I didn't like waking up and being yeah. told what to do every day. I didn't like yeah. the schedule because I was used to my entrepreneurial schedule, waking up whenever I wanted as a coach. Yeah. But I loved teaching. And then that led me to teaching at another summer camp in uh, the uh, Interlochen Center for the Arts, which is like a prestigious arts camp in Ooh. school. And so I explored that, but then, you know, uh, when I healed and I got stable and I haven't had an episode ever since I was like, okay, I think I could go back to my coaching business Mm -hmm. and I'm clearer, I'm stronger. And I haven't had an episode in a long time. And I know I can maintain the business and not spend all the money that I made before. Cause I made over half a million dollars and I spent it all. Yeah yeah on contractors on coaching on shopping stupid yeah. shit like yeah. massage it. like yes massages are good but i i i overdid it
0: yeah yeah i'm curious so uh so stable since last year and you said like cuz i'm always trying to um talk to folks about this i'm curious about sorry i'm curious about a lot of things but this is a t- aside but the definition of coach cuz i feel like do I do some of that? Anyway, I was going to say you'd be good at it because you are a natural
1: at it. Like I see it in you. Oh,
0: because I was just like, wait a minute. Um, But I'm curious. So moving forward, because we know um, that there will be episodes again. Um, I love that you said you said it's going to be sustainable. So I'm curious, do you have things in place? Or you just have like know in your toolbox what you will do um, if you get this or that to be able to sustain your business do you have tell me yes. about that how how does that look for you or yeah what?
1: so I stopped the teaching and I decided that I wanted to do the teaching as a business and now I'm back in coaching full-time
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: I just sold um like sold out my first mini I called it a mini mind so, so like I reorganized all my coaching programs to make them you know more flexible Uh, no I changed my coaching contracts and programs so that they're shorter so I don't spend too much time with the same client um, because I don't want to get into another episode
0: Um,
1: I revived all my old business coaching programs so now I have artist entrepreneur which is business coaching for neurodivergent artists and then I have my mental wealth network membership which is all (laughs) about mental health and now that I'm stable I'm like clear yeah because like I mapped out my business on this software called Milanote like you can map out thoughts and things like that and now I know that like I'm on the right medication I meet with my psychiatrist instead of monthly appointments I do bi-monthly nice no every two months yeah that's bi-monthly right yeah yeah I think so. Yeah, every Math two Math is months,
0: hard. Math is hard. That's Math funny. is
1: hard for us, you know. <laughs> uh, you know. Um. I also. Uh. My my partner is like very very aware of like what triggers me. Okay. So he, That's he amazing. He watches out for me. Yeah. Um. I take my medications every single day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Every day. Because if I miss them, then I I get hypomanic.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And um, how do you
0: do? How do you do? Because this is. I find the hardest one. You were saying that you didn't like teaching because it boxed you in. So I'm a substitute teacher. So it's perfect because really? I go in when I want. So I, because cause I do all these things, podcasts, all my other stuff for free um, that, so then I'm like, well, I have to go to work so, somehow. So I'll go when I want. And then I'm there and I'm in charge and I'm super fun for the day and so I've found a way to make that because I was like oh did I waste my entire degree like it almost killed me because I was (laughs) wasn't diagnosed to get this degree and so that's how I've found a way to use it but if I don't have to I I never want to teach full-time again and not because I don't love teaching littles it's because of the whole it's too tight and 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 fixed and times and too much I don't, it's too
1: much. I, I, you had to go in every day as a teacher.
0: That exhausted me. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you do for, because I know one of the biggest things with mood disorders is sleep. And I know, like like you said, with artists, and I know you said, because you can set your own schedule, are you regimented? How do you deal with the sleep?
1: Yeah. So um, my psychiatrist actually lowered my uh, mood stabilizer dose. Yeah um because I complained that it had me sleeping too much okay so now I sleep a little less but um my boyfriend every night reminds me stop looking at the phone put on your jazz music I listen to the same jazz playlist it's called look at look this up if you're listening to this yeah yeah jazz in the background on spotify jazz in the background jazz in the background it has thousands of jazz songs that you just play in the background and they're really soothing so I listen to that. I turn off the phone and, or I do like a hypnosis or a meditation.
0: Yeah.
1: And I try and go to sleep every night by like 10, 11. Nice. Uh, and then I wake up because I'm an entrepreneur again, I wake up like around eleven, twelve. 12. Yeah. So I sleep like 12 hours. Yeah. That's, that's how my body f- functions. Cause I need a lot of sleep. Um, especially from all that trauma, ugh, my whole life. Like I,
0: yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, I know. I remember, um, like if I didn't have to get up and take my kids to places, if I didn't, my natural, you know, clock would be more like 12, one till 12, yep. right. Or even yep. when, like, for example, when I first, hmm, I'm not going to say who they are. Hold on. <laughs> they might listen. People that I know that I met in my life that uh, stayed in our home guests. Um, I got the vibe that they thought that I was like lazy now that my girls are older, that on Saturday, I wouldn't get up till 10 or 11 or, or maybe noon or whatever. But what they didn't, uh, my husband had to explain, like, you know, she's not doing this because she's lazy. And by the way, anybody can sleep to that time and isn't lazy, but also she takes like very heavy medication that, do you know what I mean? Like she needs this. And I felt like I think half of it is in my head. Where I think self-stigmatizing that I'm lazy, I can't just get up. An early bird gets the stupid worm, or whatever. BS <laughs> is it's worms, are gross. worms <laughs> are gross. But like, I I felt a lot of a, a lot of guilt about that, and and then I'm like, in the same thought, I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I could probably get done what you've done in three hours and forty five minutes. So I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm I'm just I'm just saying.
1: Oh my god! I had to lecture my boyfriend a lot and like teach him like this is not because I'm lazy. This yeah. is because I'm on medications. Look up the medications. Well, I'm on oxygen and the so yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And I, the the part too. I you know I was telling my husband sometimes I think I would get met with more or we would get met with more empathy if it was like my symptom was I am nonstop bleeding or I have blood sugar or something that needs to be attended to that people can see, right? Uh, Then how unfair is it that some of our symptoms are anger, that some of our symptoms, do you know what I mean? So you don't get sympathy for that. And then you're also like blamed for it. And of course it's double because yes, I am responsible for my actions. And also it is 50 million times harder than me harder for me than it is someone who is not neurodivergent you yes. know, doesn't have. And so I feel like it takes that much more energy for me in a day to do you know what I mean? To show up in certain ways and, and follow certain expectations and not, you know, hurt people's feelings or, or whatever. And I just like, people don't feel sorry for you when you're in a rage or angry and it's like literally I'm not an angry person. Like, I don't want to be angry. It's just, it's so hard to explain. Do you hear what I'm saying?
1: I hear exactly what you're saying. I think we need to just educate people and let them know, like, because we sleep in. Okay. First off, why does the whole world think that you're doing good if you wake up early? I know. Capitalism. Right? (laughs) It's because we prioritize productivity over anything. And because we're not productive while we're sleeping. Yeah. Technically we are productive because our bodies are resting. Our cells are regenerating. Doesn't mean that we're lazy. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean like that year and a half, I did sleep a lot when I worked at anthropology and when I worked as an art teacher, but you know what? I had to take that break. Yeah. And I tell all my neurodivergent clients, like, if you need a break from your business, do it and don't feel ashamed. Yeah. Because this is what Steve Jobs says. Mm. The only way to connect the dots is by looking back. Ooh. And I was able to look back even though I worked these jobs, I didn't like, I mean, I loved art. Te- I love teaching. It's so cool. It's so cool. But I was able to take time and look back at my business and connect the dots and be like, this is why this didn't work. This is why this mm. worked. This is, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. And I redesigned my entire business, Shaylee in that year and a half. And I went on Milano and I mapped it out. And I said, I'm pivoting to focus on neurodivergent women artists. Neurotypical artists are welcome into my programs and they like my programs because I put an emphasis on mental health because we all have mental health. Bam. We all have it. So Mm -hmm. if you're neurotypical or neurodivergent, it's good to get a coach that understands mental health and has been through all this shit, you know? So, so yeah, like that's, that's my journey. Now I'm starting again. I'm not at six figures. I'm starting from zero again, but I'm happier, Shaylee. I'm I'm going to get there slowly. I'll get to six figures slowly, not hypomanically. Like Mm -hmm. I'll take my sweet ass time so -hmm. that I don't trigger the bipolar symptom of being impulsive. When you get a lot of money, you either you spend it all or you just fall asleep because you can't handle.
0: Yeah. And you can just right instead of like we get used to this on top of the world or down here and I remember and to this day I have to really work on it because I'm very self-stigmatized about like productivity because I compare my productivity to my highest point of productivity when I was sick right I'm like you only got this done today and then I'm like I have to remind myself I have to be a detective what does the average person get done in a day what does it and then I'm like oh yeah that's completely unsustainable I didn't sleep that's why I got it done right so I think that's that's really beautiful I loved when I was looking at your page or when you know you started popping back up in my feed I just thought it was so powerful to share you know what what you went through I feel like so many people have had to, especially folks um, with bipolar disorder, mood disorders, um, you know, have had to build back up or have had times of, you know, that they've had to take from themselves. And I just think uh, it must have been hard. Right. And it must have been like, uh, you know, hard to to just come and be like, this is what happened. And even hard for you to pull away. But I just think that you're giving permission for other people to do the same. And I don't know why, but it's like, we almost kill, uh, you know, ourselves trying to uh, look and be and, you know, produce. And it's just, if we can't take care of ourselves, that's why, you know, folks with mood disorders, they're, you know, they burn out so quickly. So, so quickly. And you're right. Like
1: we do measure our success and productivity based off our highest points of Productivity while we were sick, and and so many entrepreneurs do that, and and here's a, a scary statistic that helped me create the mental wealth network membership, which is focused more on mental health. Doctor Michael Freeman, who's now a, a colleague of mine, and I'm going to interview him from my um podcast. He studied uh, entrepreneurs, oh, wow. and he found out that seventy two percent of entrepreneurs are directly or indirectly affected by mental health struggles. So when he says indirectly, it means that a lot of us are undiagnosed. Mm. We don't know it. Mm -hmm. When you see the entrepreneur having sleepless nights and talking fast and building multiple businesses at once and making millions of dollars, they look successful on the outside, but.
0: Yeah. Peel back the curtain. What's going on?
1: what's going on what's the fuel running that engine is it high octane fuel yeah you know which is not healthy
0: no and I think um too it's I forget and especially because I haven't had a re- since my medication haven't had like one of those high high hypomanic um episodes you forget like don't you find when you're not in a hypomanic episode I only remember the good part and my husband's like, um do you remember the irritability? Do you remember this? And I'm just like, I just because depression feels so terrible, or sometimes just being euthymic or symptom free, if um, doesn't feel as good. I romanticize it. And then I totally understand. Don't recommend it. I think people do need to understand it so that they don't do it. But I understand why someone would like thinks about going off their meds, because it feels like if you could bottle up just the feeling, but I forget all the terrible things of hypomania. You're like I almost
1: making me cry like right now. Like that is another, that's a th- three mind blown moments by Shaylee. Shaylee really blo- blows our minds. Yeah, no, that got me emotional because yeah. Like I don't remember the dark sides of hypomania. Like I just remember the high, you know? I it don't I don't know what it's like to be coked out, but I almost think that being hypomanic is like being on coke.
0: Well, they you know that they've um, and I don't know, like I'm not very sciencey, but do you know they've shown different brain scans? And y'all write me if it's a fake, but um, that it can light up the same areas that doing drugs can. Mm-hmm. I've seen that,
1: and I think that's why we don't remember the irritability or the
0: you know slamming doors. Like I've done that. Ooh, I throw stuff, not at people, but I just like, just like, if too much stuff's on my desk, I get, and I, and I don't like being reminded of those things, but I have this one, uh, you know, one place where I've written down, like for me to remember and not to shame myself or to feel bad, but to remember when I start to think like when I, cause being depressed is so terrible. You think that hypomania is better because it has a little bit of things that are better, but you forget that it has its own terribleness, right? Or it's better until it's not. And it hypomania is not good for relationships, long-term nope. relationships.
1: Nope, 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 nope. I remember when I first started dating my boyfriend, I was just diagnosed. Mm, wow. And um, I was hypomanic Yeah, when I first met him. I was hypomanic when I first dated any guy. Same. And he would sleep over. And he said that I would wake up at four in the morning, Mm -hmm. go out for a run, come back and talk to him while he's sleeping really fast.
0: Yeah. Wow. And he'd be like, can you please shut up? I'm trying to sleep. It's like, what are we doing? What? Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I actually take that back. My husband, I wasn't hypomanic actually. And I think maybe, maybe that was a good thing, but all, all the rest. Yeah. 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 And the talking, like in the, like, it's all, I used to say to my husband, like, I kind of almost wish I didn't know because it's the worst when you're doing it and you know, you're doing it and you can't stop. Like I'm thinking, stop talking, like slow down all these, but I I just, you can't, it's almost like, I know that all the therapists say that it's, and I, get it it's totally better to be self-aware but sometimes I'm like I wish I wasn't just wish I wasn't self-aware and I just go with it because it's like a double whammy to try and have to manage what's happening and then your judgment from afar right I feel like it's now it's now I'm dealing with both yeah yeah it's pretty wild wow what a powerful story friend I yeah I am so grateful uh that you are here I'm so grateful you're back on the internet <laughs> I'm so grateful you're doing your things I'm like sign me up for everything everything <laughs> <laughs> you should take, take, right take, take all my money, money. take out my money I, I, I sign me up I love it I want to
1: make you an entrepreneur. I think you have everything that it takes like yeah let's let's go let's go into that conversation for your subscribers right about like all the other like all the other symptoms that mainstream culture and society doesn't talk
0: about yes yes we are going to do that for you that have been here for a while you know i've been talking about patreon but i'm going to pivot a bit and instagram is finally offered this is bipolar account um subscriptions so i just set it up was like, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I just set it up. And um, I'm already on there all the time. And I've got some really cool extra content. And I just want to connect deeper with people. And one of the things that I'm doing is having going deeper conversations with each of the uh, podcast guests. So Michelle and I are going to talk about exactly that the symptoms that we don't talk about and the way that we can harness them to doing cool stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm just so excited. I'm this was such a beautiful morning. I've been having a pretty rough September and you were a light to my September, Michelle. And I'm so grateful. And I say this to probably every guest and I mean it with every fiber of my being, we are now best friends.
1: Oh my God. I'm, I'm- so glad you're in my life now, Shaylee. Like I'm so glad we're friends. Like, I'm so glad that we met on this on this beautiful, you know, internet, like social media thing. Like I remember when I when you first started, I was, um, I messaged you. I was like, Oh my God, I'm starting like a new membership. Like, I like you're inspiring me. Like I want to just, Oh, it was, it was so cool to see someone speaking about me and focusing on bipolar disorder. Cause I don't know many people that just have conversations about this disorder alone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, One of the hardest things I've ever done, but one of the most beautiful and healing, healing spaces that there's ever been. If you would have told me 10 years ago, you're going to talk on the interwebs about living with what used to be your shame story uh, about having mental illness. And I would have been like, yeah, no. And it's, yeah, it's more beautiful than selling the candles. (laughs) That's for sure. That's for sure. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are going to put Michelle's going to send me all the links to all the things that she does and where to find her. And you are all going to go and follow her immediately. And you are going to watch all her reels and look at her feed. And let me tell you, you don't even have to know she's an artist to know she's an artist. When you look at her feed, the colors, it's like beautiful and vibrant, just like you. And I'm just, uh, it's, it's such a fun space. I look in on it all the time. Thank you.
1: There's going to be more
0: raccoon content. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I send it to my daughter because she's afraid of raccoons. So I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> daughter. But yeah, so thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm excited to go into our next conversation. And I hope our people here will um come listen to that and support the both of us because we are just um, you know, we're trying our best to smash stigma around mental illness and bipolar disorder. And we know we know that we can do hard things together. And um, yeah. So
1: subscribe, subscribe to Shaylee's channel. (laughs) Follow me at Michelle I Gomez. That's where it happens. You're going to see more raccoon content because that's my hyperfixation. And I feel like they're like the perfect mascot for neurodivergent women artists.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And um, because Michelle and I are best friends, you will see us collaborating in some way because we just will have to. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, I hope that everyone is in a space today where they can take care of themselves and just know that if you are someone struggling right now, um, we see you, we hear you, and we are in this together. Heart, 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 love, 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 heart. This is bipolar. This is bipolar thanks again for tuning in you can find video versions of this is bipolar on our youtube channel we also have all our previous and soon to be future episodes of the podcast on apple podbean spotify and google play we spend most of our time on instagram at this dot is dot bipolar there is a vibrant community there where we have conversations and post different ideas and different strategies and we would just love for you to join us there it is so helpful if you enjoy our work or think it would be helpful to someone if you could like and share and save and follow us in all or any of those spaces if you're a listener for the podcast if you could leave a review we would be forever grateful. Again, thank you for being here with us. Let's get the word out. Let's share lived experiences so that we can change the ideas that people have about bipolar and help those of us that live with it feel less alone. This is bipolar.